This is Incredible Stories Podcast, Episode 48, Breatharians Living Off-Air. Well, hello again, everyone. It's time for another Incredible Stories podcast, where I hope to bring you stories you probably haven't heard. I'm Josh Virila, your Aethirst host, and thanks for being here. Remember to share the show if you like it, even if you don't like it, share it anyways, maybe someone else will like it, and feel free to send me a show idea, haiku, or just general comment at contact at IncredibleStoriesPodcast.com. Hey, are you hungry? Can I interest you in some light, or perhaps air? No? Well, if you are a person who claims to live without consuming food, then a nice wind casserole might be to your liking. Today, I talk about people known as breatharians, and their claims that food, and in some cases water, aren't needed to live. Crazy sounding, right? Well, I think you'll find these claims to be both fascinating and questionable. But no matter where you fall on the belief spectrum, I don't recommend trying as the practice can be dangerous and life-threatening. But let's take a look at some of the people and cases that fall into breatharianism. Here's what I know. Breatharianism, also known as anedia, which is Latin for fasting, is the claimed ability to live without nourishment for long lengths of time. We're talking about months here, and even years. So, anedia is the term for this, but in modern times, people who practice this are known as anediates, or, as part of a more cultural movement, they are called breatharians. It is said in many religions that devote persons may show manifestations of this ability because of spiritual enlightenment. From the Catholic saints to the Hindus, the practice of living off prana, or life force, shows up in many cultural traditions. This life force is said to sustain a breatharian in the form of just inhaling air or being exposed to sunlight. Here are some of the earliest claims of Anedia. Saint Theodolus of Edessa was sent to live the life of a hermit after his wife died. He said the glories of the earth had no meaning to him, and he gave away all his money and decided to live atop a pillar in Syria. And I believe this guy is also known as Saint Simeon Stylitis. But legend says he lived for 37-ish years, living on nothing more than communion until he died in 440 AD. Maybe 459 AD. There's some wiggle room with his death. Another saint, Blessed Alpaeus of Kudat, was said to have this ability. Now, she was born into a poor family and was stricken with leprosy when she was a wee lass. She eventually lost the use of her arms and legs and lost the limbs completely which would make it hard to indeed eat, but I couldn't tell if she lost all her limbs or just one or two. But at any rate, rough life. Now, she was so devout that she refused food and her only nourishment was said to be the Eucharist or Holy Communion. On one account, some official brought her a piece of pork to suck on and she found this disgusting, sending the pork to some poorer lady. But her gift of anedia was so inspiring that a church was built next to her shack, and because of her faith near the time she died in 1211 in France, she was cured of leprosy. Or so the story goes. 
Still another saint, Lidwina of Scadium, was also said to have lived off nothing but the Eucharist for the last 19 years of her life. She lived in the Netherlands, and because of an ice skating accident at the age of 15 or 16, she had become increasingly crippled. Eventually, she became paralyzed except for her left hand, the evilest of hands, and eventually pieces of her body fell off and she bled from her eyes and her nose. She spent most of her time praying, meditating, and not eating. She had many visions and became quite popular as a healer and holy lady because of her fasting. There is a bunch more stuff with her that's pretty interesting, but as this isn't a saints episode, I'll move on. But no, she died in 1433 at the age of 53 and is the patron saint of ice skaters and wheeled skaters. But it isn't just saints who claim this ability. One of the most famous, or perhaps I should say infamous, was that of Anne Moore, an English woman who was born in 1761. Anne, aka the fasting woman of Tutbury, garnered much interest. Before we get into her Anidia, first a bit of her backstory. She was born to a common day laborer and eventually persuaded some bloke named James to marry her in 1788 at the geezily age of 27. But he realized she was cray cray and left her to fend for herself. Anne used her what I assume would be good looks to get other men to father her some kids. I get a kind of prostitute vibe with her in this stage of her life, or perhaps gold digger might be a better term. But as she was poor, it seems the gentlemen taking care of her were more of the tin standard. So a tin digger, perhaps? But hey, you do what you gotta do to survive. And being so poor, she did exactly this to survive. She lived off the bare minimum of food needed to sustain a person. And she did this to so much amazement that other poor people in the area were astonished because they were just barely getting by themselves. And this lady was getting by on even less. Wow, look at her! So then, by 1807, Anne said she was losing all interest in food and stopped eating altogether. The last food she reportedly ate was a couple of black currants in July of 1807. Pamphlets were printed with her story and speculation grew on how she lived. Hello, Governor! Did you hear about this crumpet in Derbyshire? Aye! I heard she no longer eats! But what sustains her? Clearly she is consuming air. What says you, Jimmy? Jim Jim true! Must be a disease of the esophagus it is, eh? Nah! To blazes with that! I reckon tis a manifestation of the powers of God! Do right! A premonition of three-year famine coming to France's way, I reckon! So, people had all these theories, and soon her neighbors said, You know what? Let's just test her to see what's going on here. So, in 1809, a group of people set up to watch where they would observe Anne in shifts. And this went on for 16 days. A considerable amount of time that surely would kill anyone who was faking the funk. Bulletins were circulated describing the experiment as it was going on, kind of an old-timey version of live tweeting. They reported that once the observation started, Anne got noticeably thinner and looked pretty bad. But as the experiments progressed, she seemed to improve. And by the end of it all, miraculously, Anne was fine and dandy. 
All the neighbors testified that during their watch, she had received no food. Well, as you can imagine, her legend blew up from here and she began drawing many visitors from out of town and many people left offerings to her. Not bad, a poor woman could get used to raking in the dollars. She continued to claim not to need food nor drink and stated she had not passed urine or made boom boom for years. So now in 1813, some more skeptics decided to test her again. And this time they found her to be a fraud. Boo! Boo! She confessed to hoaxing it all and told people how she tricked everyone. For example, the first group of watchers were proven to be willing to believe. Perhaps not anything bad on their part, but people who want to believe something will end up trusting something without evidence. This happens a lot today, folks. See your preferred political stance for reference on that one. But she also said her daughter would feed her during the watches. This was accomplished by her daughter soaking a towel in milk or broth, then wringing them out in Anne's mouth under the pretense of washing her face. And that she would also pass food to Anne from her mouth when she would kiss her mother. Baby bird feedings, gross. But Josh, these are pretty old examples. Anything more modern? Well, of course, listeners. Let's start at what many consider the beginning of the Breatharian movement. In the 1990s, an Australian woman named Ellen Grieve, now known as Jasmuheen, implored people to become a Breatharian by gradually phasing it in. She has a 21-day program that will stop the body from aging and attain immortality by living on light. She is the author of Living on Light, a source of nutrition for the new millennium. In it, you transition from physical nourishment to prana. Give up your meaty food lifestyle by first becoming a vegetarian, then give up all the fun of vegetarianism for the life of a vegan. Can't be having all that dairy and cheese, you know. Hey, veganism is nice, but you really need to stop cooking your food and just go ahead and eat foods raw. Whoa, too many choices here for you, you glutton. Next step, we're just going to eat fruits. You know what, on second thought, you don't need all that fleshy goodness. I'm going to need you to go ahead and just drink juices from here on out, okay? Last stop is now just consuming prana, where you replace food with air and light and metaphysical nourishment. Congratulations, you're a breatharian now. So through this method, Jasmuheen claimed to go months and months without having anything other than a cup of tea. Although, when inspected, her house had an astonishing amount of food stocked in it. Although she claimed this was just for her husband and daughter. Okay, fair enough. Claiming to not have eaten anything for years, she does admit to having an occasional mouthful of something just to taste it, like ice cream or chocolate. Sure, that seems legit. She also runs something called the Cosmic Internet Academy where you can pay to take her seminars and hear her speak about things like changing DNA from two strands to 12 and how to reprogram people into not needing food. I'll put a link in the show notes to her site if you want to peruse it. But apparently at least three of her followers have died from starvation, allegedly, while they were cleansing. But in 1999, 60 Minutes Australia said, hey lady, Mind if we monitor you for a week so you can demonstrate your methods? She said yes. So the first three days they had her in a Brisbane hotel room with female security guards and a doctor to monitor her 24 hours a day to ensure she wasn't eating or drinking. 
by day two, the doctor said she was 5% dehydrated. Then on day three, Jasmuheen said the city pollution was limiting her ability to get proper nourishment from the air. She said, quote, 70% of my nutrients come from air. I couldn't even breathe. Unquote. No problem, so 60 Minutes moved her to a mountain retreat called Clear Mountain, 20 miles outside of the city, but by day 4 she was looking more gaunt, her pulse rate had doubled, speech slurred, blood pressure down, and she had lost about 13 pounds. She claimed she was feeling good though, although the doctor at this point said she was about 10% dehydrated. Her pupils were dilated and, according to the doctor, going any longer would risk kidney failure. But Jasmuheen insisted she was fine and was combating the effects of carbon monoxide poisoning from the original location. But they ended the experiment saying that 60 Minutes would be at fault if they went any further and she died. I'll put a link to the 60 Minutes piece in the show notes as well. Interestingly, Jasmuheen is friends, or at least acquaintances, with a fellow by the name of Wiley Brooks, who is the founder of the Breatharian Institute of America, and he got notoriety in the 80s claiming to live on just air. But in 1983, he was seen leaving a 7-Eleven with a Slurpee, a hot dog, and some Twinkies. He said that he occasionally breaks his air fasting for some junk food because it's so tasty and he's corrupted by junk culture and junk food. In fairness, Twinkies are the slayer of many a diets. Anyways, Brooks's institute charged clients pretty hefty fees to learn from his immortality workshop, although today he is retired instead focusing on having his light body completely manifest. Also, he may think he's God or an alien in the fifth dimension. I don't know. He's an interesting character, but let's move on. Let's go to India. Here, a breatharian man named Johnny Pralad has claimed to live on no food or water in over 70 years. And since the 1970s, he has been living in a cave in the rainforest near the temple of Ambaji. He claims that when he was 11, the goddess Amba came to him and told him that he would no longer have to eat. He says every day the goddess drops a special elixir through a hole in his palate that sustains him. This would be prana, I guess. Anyways, in 2003, he was tested by some doctors who specialize in examining people who claim supernatural abilities. He was monitored 24-7 and had video on him, and the medical staff confirmed they didn't know how he did it. He showed no signs of change over a 10-day period without food or water. Amazing! In 2010, he was tested again by the same doctor and crew and some other researchers. He again seemed to show no signs of change after tests concluded in 15 days. But here are the criticisms of these tests which weren't published in any medical journal. One was he was allowed to meet with devotees. This, of course, could allow people to pass him food or drink. He was also allowed to move outside the camera's views and leave the sealed room to sunbathe. He was also allowed to gargle and bathe, which critics say weren't reliably monitored to ensure no shenanigans were going on. Valid. Okay, how about one more? Let's talk about the human Barbie. A Ukrainian model named Valeria Lukianova is said to have stopped eating and drinking, feasting on what she calls cosmic microfood. 
This was reported a few years ago, so I'm not sure on her current eating plans, but she is, um, interesting. I'll put a link to her Facebook in the show notes if you want to see what a human Barbie looks like. But this lady also claimed to be from a different planet and that she's able to talk to aliens through light and can also time travel. I'm not sure how serious she is about being a breatharian as she is kind of one of those internet entertainer types. But between her and the others I mentioned, I think it gives you a good snapshot of this movement. And that's the story of breatharians and surviving off just light and air. And now you know what I know. Wow, breatharianism sounds awesome. There are many other accounts of this practice of breatharianism, but honestly, it is exhausting. And seriously, it isn't awesome. It has a lot of pseudoscience and crazies and scammers perpetuate it. And you could die, so don't do it. But you know, fasting is a common practice in Christianity, Hinduism, Islam, and Judaism. But don't confuse the practice of anedia to common fasting. Claiming you can live for years without food is seriously dangerous. Gandhi fasted for 21 days, and in fact, the longest anyone has ever gone without eating is 74 days. This was accomplished by an Irish political prisoner named Terence McSweeney, and his hunger strike ended after 74 days with him dying. This is what happens to your body without food. So, your body, to work properly, it needs to maintain glucose levels. And when your body kicks into starvation mode, it says, Hey, I need to maintain these levels. So it starts breaking down glycogen in your liver and muscles to make glucose. After it consumes that, it looks for proteins and fats to make glucose, and the liver will turn fatty acids into a byproduct called ketone bodies, which is bad if too many of them build up in your body. It creates a chemical imbalance called ketosis, which will kill you. But before you starve to death, you'll probably die from dehydration if you aren't drinking water. Now, say you starve yourself near to death and decide, hey, this is crazy, I need to eat. Then you throw down at Golden Corral, eating a plethora of food like a pig. Well, you can't do that either. If you don't monitor your food intake carefully after a starvation period, you can die from retaining too much sodium, which will cause fluid accumulation that may lead to heart failure. But here is something you definitely don't want to fast from. The Haiku! Hey, what is cooking? That air and light stew smells good. I'll eat till I die. And that's all for this time. Check out our main site for other stories at IncredibleStoriesPodcast.com. Send me an email or haiku at contact at IncrediblestoriesPodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at IncredPod. Rate us on iTunes and peep us out on YouTube and Stitcher. For Incredible Stories Podcast, I'm Josh. And remember, the journey of a thousand tales begins with the first word.